turn to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15, that is where we're going to be tonight. He was at rock bottom. He had lost everything. He could have been financially set for the rest of his life. He could have enjoyed a life with family with great ease. He could have had a good life, a happy life, but he wasted it all. Things were so bad that he ended up working, feeding pigs, and longing after their food, which to us sounds disgusting, right? But for the first century Jew, this would have been an abomination. To live among unclean animals, that would be a major, major error in the mind of a Jewish person. But the problem which is much deeper here, because he longs for the food of the pigs, but he wasn't even allowed to eat their food. He was half-fed, a half-fed ser- servant, stuck in the mire with pigs without a hope of things turning around. We call him the prodigal son. Prodigal means wasteful. It means wastefully or recklessly extravagant. And for this son, he wasted a lot. He wasted a, a relationship with his father when he asked his father for his inheritance before his father died. He wasted his inheritance He went off to this far country and he spent it all on himself. And he wasted his chance for a good and happy life, a comfortable life that he was promised for sure. And he wasted everything on on revelry, on sensuality. He, he, He wasted it all on pleasure. He wasted it on a life of sin. And many people, I think, today feel like that prodigal son. They're in that state where where they have had a dark past. And because of what they've done, they've painted for themselves a bleak future. They've burned a lot of bridges. They've ruined a lot of relationships. They've wasted a lot of time, a lot of opportunities. They've wasted a lot of opportunities for joy in order to satisfy the flesh to live a life of sin. And the problem with with many of these people is that they feel like they are a prisoner to their past. They believe they had their shot, their chance at happiness, at fulfillment, and they missed it. They missed their chance at having meaning and purpose in life. And they have no hope for the future. And so they are stuck have no way to get out of the mess that they are in. Is that you? This evening. But here for the prodigal son, we see here from his example, there's always something we can do. No matter how bleak your past has been, how bleak your future might be, there's always something you can do. And for this prodigal son, it just hit him. It hit him like a ton of bricks. 
Well, there in Luke chapter 15, starting in verse 17, it says there, But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. Notice here what this son is saying. He's saying, I've got a plan. I'll return back to my father's house. Maybe, possibly, he will receive me as a servant. Not as a son, as a servant. That's his plan. And by doing so, he understands that there is a risk involved. This is not a, a sure thing. It could be a possibility when he comes back, the father rejects him even as a servant. That is a, a possibility here, especially after what he had done to his father. What he had done to his father, as he told him, by taking that inheritance before he died, he essentially said, is, I'd rather you be dead than alive. I care more about your stuff than you personally. That's what he's saying by taking his inheritance early. There's a great risk here that this, this son made, and, and you can almost sense that it's a risk in his mind because he's rehearsing to himself exactly what he was going to say to his father. He understands there was a risk involved. And, and so many people who were stuck in the, the mire of their sin, so many people who feel like they're a prisoner to their past, they understand that risk as well. They asked themselves many times, can I recover? Can, ever, can I ever recover from my past? Can I overcome what I've done in the past? And, and will people accept me again? And for many people, the answer to that question for them has been no. Some people just will never receive you back again. And many people have felt that way, especially when they've committed a crime. They've committed a felony, they, they serve their prison time, and then they get out, they think I'm free, and then they realize no things have changed. I've got this felony on my record. And because that is true, not a lot of people want to hire me. Not a lot of people want to rent to me. Some people don't want to be around me. They, they have seen the rejection of other people. And they just feel like they're stuck. They feel like they're a prisoner to their past. Now, certainly, there, need to be, there needs to be consequences for our actions. But there's some people who have paid the price of their crime. But even at that, they have got out of prison and still feel like they're a prisoner to their past. So many wonder, can I ever recover from my past? Will I ever be accepted again? Has my past, has that killed my future? Now for this prodigal son, what he found out for him was the risk that he took was worth it. It was totally worth it. But it was worth it because of the response of his father. Let's continue reading with each other in verse 20 through 24. It says there, And he arose and came to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion, and ran and embraced him and kissed him, 
The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring the fattened calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Isn't this a beautiful scene? His goal was just to be called a servant. He, he just wanted to be able to eat. He just wanted to be able to survive. But the way that his father meets him is over the top. His father celebrates his return. He sees him afar off, which means that he was watching for him. He was watching and waiting. And when he saw his son come, he ran to him. He embraced his son. And he began to celebrate. In an instant, this son found out that this risk was worth it. That he wouldn't be a prisoner to his past in front of his father. And he realized that based upon the embrace of his father. I think for us, no matter what our past is, this is our story too. The point of the parable and the preceding ones, the one of the lost coin and the lost sheep, is found earlier on in the chapter in verses 1 and 2. This is what sets up these parables. It says in verses 1 and 2, Now the tax collectors and sinners were drawing near to him, and the Pharisees and scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. Here you have two groups drawing near to Jesus. You have prostitutes, you have tax collectors. These were the sexually immoral, and these were the crooks. And everyone knew what they had done. Still, even though Jesus knew their sin, and he knew everyone else knew their sin, he still welcomed the men. He still treated them like this father by embracing them rather than shooing them off. But the Pharisees and scribes, these religious leaders, they didn't like it at all. They grumbled at this. And notice what they say. They say, this man receives sinners and eats with them. For all of us who are sinners, which includes all who have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, I think that covers us all. We read those words, this man receives sinners and eats with them, all of us, all of us should say, praise God. Because we don't have to be a prisoner to our past, but we can have belonging and acceptance and forgiveness and love before God, even despite our past. Jesus is like that father, waiting and watching for us in our sin who doesn't want us to be a prisoner of our past, but wants us to be free and to enjoy His embrace forever. And for everyone here tonight, your future is never hopeless if you have Jesus. Your future is never hopeless if Jesus is in the equation. You can always, you can always come back to Him. Based upon what we see here There's really no risk. We know that He will receive us back. In fact, it says that here, there's more joy in heaven over one sinner that repents. 
He wants you to come back. He wants to embrace you. And there's a party in heaven when one sinner comes back. That's all it takes for there to be a celebration in heaven. So yes, you might feel like you're a prisoner to your past. But Jesus is ready. And He is willing to forgive you of anything that you have done. No matter how great your sin is. However, while that is true of Jesus, and He's always willing and ready to forgive, sometimes that's not always true of us. Even though we might call ourselves a family and call ourselves brothers and sisters in Christ, even though we say everyone's welcome into this family, sometimes that is not true even among the body of Christ. I was recently listening to an interview of a man who baptized Jeffrey Dahmer. He was a preacher named Roy Ratcliffe that baptized him. Now some of you might remember Jeffrey Dahmer in his background, but if not, he was a man that lured many men into his home, had sex with them, killed them, and at times ate their body parts. He had a rough past. This was one bad dude. But one minister down in Oklahoma thought, this man needs the Lord. And so he started this Bible correspondence with Jeffrey. Later, this preacher called another preacher up north, and that preacher called Roy. They were trying to find a way to have Jeffrey baptized. Now the preacher that was talking to Roy on the phone said to him this, we need you to go baptize someone, but you might want to sit down for this one. He says, this one will really stretch your view of grace. This will really stretch your view of grace. Now Roy, as he thought about that, he later said, I reject that statement. He said, if this stretches your view of grace, then you didn't believe in grace to begin with. That's the whole point of grace. It's never earned. It's not just for good people. It's not for decent people. It's for people. It's for all who have sinned against the Lord. Later on uh, at Jeffrey's memorial service, after he passed, Roy was the one who officiated that, that funeral service. And he spoke in that funeral service about reading a book from Max Lucado. And Lucado was talking about a teacher in, in Sunday school who was teaching her kids about heaven. And one of the girls towards the end of the class raised her hand and asked this question. And that is, is heaven for little girls like me? I think everyone here would respond by saying, absolutely, it's for, it's for everyone. And what Roy Radcliffe said is Jeffrey by his interest in God, dared to ask the question, is heaven for a boy like me? And the preacher, who, who got a lot of flack for baptizing Jeffrey, after all that he did, he said people were mad that he even dared to ask that question. And that's where the older brother comes in in this parable the prodigal was first of all disgraced by his past. He was second of all, he was embraced by the father. But third, he was debased 
by his own brother. Let's read together, starting in verse 25. 25 through 30. Now his older brother was in the field, and he came and drew near to the house. He heard music and dancing, and he called one of the servants and asked, what, what, what these things, what are meant by these things? And he said to him, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fattened calf, because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you, and I never disobeyed your command. You never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes. You kill the fattened calf for him. Here you can just hear, you can hear how this brother views the prodigal son. He won't even, he won't even call him his own brother. Do you notice that? He says, this son of yours, he's devaluing his brother here. Refusing to even call him his brother. Here, he speaks about his association with prostitutes. He focuses on what he did in the past. Here, how he looks at his brother, he's trying to put his brother back in the prison of his past. And here, he's, he's trying to make the point to the father that this, this younger brother that he didn't deserve God's grace. And I, for one, think that the older brother is completely correct on that. He didn't deserve his father's grace. But that is what grace is all about. That's the thing about this older brother. He, he thought he was secure. He says, I've obeyed your commands throughout the years. He, he really focused on all he did to be pleasing to the father. That was his focus. He put a lot of stock in his faithfulness throughout the years. And because of that, he thought that God owed him something. He thought the Father owed him something for all of his years of faithfulness. And I think for those of us who might have not done what we consider the big sins, we need to be careful we're not the older brother. Because it's very easy for us to say, well, I haven't done all those bad things. I've done a lot of good things for the Lord. And because of that, God owes me His grace. But that's not what grace is all about. In fact, that's legalism. We feel like we can earn our own salvation. We can earn our relationship with God. But we all need to realize, no matter what our past is like, no matter how dark it is or not, that it still involves sin. And all sin can condemn us. All sin can separate us from God. There's nothing we can do to earn it. It's only earned by the grace of God through Jesus Christ. God is gracious with us all. Yet sometimes we refuse to offer that grace to other people. Especially those with a dark past. And we don't forgive like God forgives. We don't embrace people who come back to Jesus. And if we're good with them coming back to church, sometimes we wouldn't dare to have them in our homes. Sometimes we don't let people live down their past. And certainly, 
certainly we're going to be taking advantage of from time to time. There's going to be people who aren't here for very long. They might come to Jesus once and maybe a couple weeks later we never see them again. But the thing is about Jesus is, is no matter how long you are, are back, He still receives you with an embrace. He cares for you. No matter what might happen in the future, in the moment, if you take that one step to Jesus, He will receive you with arms wide open. He will celebrate knowing that this was a sinner who was once lost and now is found. Who was once outside of fellowship with God, but now he is at home with God. That's how Jesus views every single person. No matter what they've done, and no matter if they might fall away in the future, he opens his arms wide open, and he's so glad our home. And that really should be our reaction to. That Jesus' forgiveness should be our forgiveness. That Jesus' joy should be our joy. That we should embrace others just like Jesus embrace, embraces others. See, Jesus' grace should lead all of us to a full embrace of every sinner who comes home. And the biggest reason we should have that grace towards other people. It's because Jesus had that grace for us. Romans chapter 15 and verse 7 says, Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. The question is, is how did Christ welcome you? He welcomed you with arms wide open. He did it on a cross for your sins. For all of our sins. He subjected himself to brutality and to shame and to pain so that all of us, no matter how dark our past is, all of us can have forgiveness in Jesus' name. Jesus didn't come to condemn you. He came to save you. And that's how we should view other people as well. Yes, people have... Have, have fallen away from the Lord, and some have gone further away from the Lord than others. But if someone takes that step towards Jesus, we should have arms wide open, just as Jesus had arms wide open for us. Jesus' grace should lead to our full embrace of every, every sinner, no matter what they've done, every sinner who comes this week, as we think about this lesson, we think about this parable. We think about the grace of Jesus. Let me encourage you to pray part of the Lord's Prayer. And that is, forgive us our debt as we have forgiven our debtors. If we want to be forgiven before God, we need to extend that forgiveness before others. And that includes people who have done a lot, of, a lot of things in their life to mess up their lives. When people have been prisoners to their past, we should still open our arms towards them. And I hope praying this prayer will do something for all of us, and that is that when we look at people throughout this week, that we will be thinking about them as people to embrace, not people to look down upon. It's so easy to be the older brother. It's so easy to look down on other people for their past. 
Don't look at people that way. That's not how Jesus looked at people. Instead, he looked at every single soul as someone to embrace. And he shows us that through his magnificent grace. Let's pray together. Dear God, our Father, we are so grateful that we have a Savior who loves us so much to come to this earth and to draw sinners to Himself who ate and communed with with people with a rough past and was even willing to go to the cross to die for those people. We know that those people are, are us. That we've all done things in our past that we've regret. We've all sinned and fall short of your glory. And and we pray, Lord, that you will give us that perspective that all of us depend on your grace. That you don't owe us anything because of our obedience. Instead, we owe you everything because of the grace of Jesus. I pray, Lord, that you will always help us, no matter what we do in our lives and, and what seeds we sow, to know that if we wander off from you, there's only one step back to you and that you will receive us and run to us and embrace us with open arms. Help us to remember that, Lord, that you don't want to hold us as a prisoner of our past. And based upon that, Lord, and based upon what we see in this parable, Lord, I pray that you will help us not to do that towards other people. I pray, Lord, that we will be forgiving, that we will be people who open our arms wide open and be an extension of Jesus on this earth, that when people make an honest effort to come to you, that we will embrace them, that we will show them that they belong, that we will show them the grace of God in our actions, knowing that you don't want us to be a prisoner of our past, but you want to embrace every single soul in our path. I pray, Lord, as we go throughout our week, that we will look for people to embrace. We won't look down on people as the older brother did, but look at other people as an opportunity to show the grace of God. Help us, Lord. It's hard to do that, but help us, Lord, to be, to be people who extend grace just as Jesus extended it to us. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Maybe there's someone here this evening that you've done a lot in your past. You've made a mess of your life. And you feel like you're a prisoner to that past. If that's you, Jesus is waiting. He's watching. You just take that one step towards Him and He'll come running. And he will throw a great party for you. He wants all of us to come back to him. And maybe there's someone here this evening that, that needs to put Christ on baptism, in baptism for the first time. That you need to be immersed to wash your sins away and, and to come home and, and allow the angels in heaven to rejoice this evening. Or maybe there's someone who's wandered off that path. You've been baptized before, but but you just, you haven't been living the life that you need to live. You haven't fully accepted the grace of God in your life, and you haven't lived that grace and extended that grace to other people. If that's you here this evening, we'd love to help you as well and pray with you and walk with you, whatever you need. Please come forward as we begin and sing this invitation song.
Someday you'll stand at the bar on high Someday your record you'll see Someday you'll answer the question of life What will your answer be? What will it be? What will it be? Where will you spend?